Alrighty, everyone. Today, welcome back to the podcast, um, first off. But today is going to be a little bit different than the traditional podcasts that I do. First off, this will probably go out on my personal podcast chain. I'm not sure if it's going to go out on TFF yet. We'll see um, what Jacob and Terry and Ian all think of this different episode. But I really wanted to sit down and record this because I have recently gotten big into crypto. Uh, well, which, you know, there's a lot of explanation, but today I really wanted to sit down and talk about this project that I found called Heroes of Mavia. It's, this whole thing is a bit of a passion project for me, so this podcast is really just going to be me sitting down and analyzing this amazing small game that I found that I think could absolutely blow up across the next couple months, year, whatever. So, introduction to Heroes of Mavia. What is this game that we're talking about. So Heroes of Mavia is, I mean, I have the game deck pulled up here. It describes itself as a top-tier clan-based strategy game powered by NFTs and the blockchain. So I think that is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty accurate description. So one, crypto gaming is a constantly expanding um industry, right? Like crypto gaming had a mini bull run back in November. And now we are watching the industry actually see development and movers and builders who are building games that are going to become big across the next couple of years. And here's his one of the biggest issues with all of these games is that they don't have the accessibility factor that normal video games do. Like if you think of mobile games like Clash of Clans, they have multiple millions, tens of millions of players because they're easily accessible and anyone can start playing them. And that is not the case with most cryptocurrency and blockchain play-to-earn games. They're primarily PC-based. They take a lot of computing power to run. They're not actually that fun to watch. And I think that's one of the fatal flaws inside of the crypto gaming industry right now is that there's no fun games to watch, to stream, to that people will find interesting. The sole purpose of most crypto games right now is play to earn, is to earn money. And I think that that is is exactly what Heroes of Mavia is going to do. It's going to become a crypto game that is fun to watch, fun to play, people can stream it, and they're there for more than just the earning prospect. And that is the massive draw behind Heroes of Mavi is that it is an accessible, or at least it will become, an accessible game that the average person can play. That is something that the the company has explicitly stated, is that they intend to scale the system to millions of players. So, it's an online base building game. It was heavily, heavily inspired by Clash of Clans and Overwatch. The team has said this. They want to have that familiar base building feeling while also mixing in NFTs and blockchain ideas behind crypto gaming. So as we can see here in the second slide and to audio listeners, it's basically just showing the hot NFT market that has absolutely exploded across 2021 and just, it's gone absolutely parabolic, 1.24 billion in Q2. And I'm sure that number probably even quadrupled in Q4 of 2021. And so Heroes of Mavia is really trying to bring those two worlds together. It's trying to bring together the world of Clash of Clans and blockchain crypto gaming like Axie Infinity. It's trying to bring these two games together 
to create something new. And so for anyone who doesn't know, Axie Infinity is a play-to-earn crypto game where you essentially collect NFT little... And there are so many things to explain here, but you collect little NFT figures that you can then go into combat against other players and win the utility token of Axie Infinity, which can correlate to other cryptocurrencies, which correlates to real-world dollars. So... What Mavia does is it takes the kind of combat piece of Axie Infinity and Clash of Clans and gives it its own spin. It has its own units, it has its own heroes, and the idea is that they're trying to create value through battle and conquer. Much like Clash of Clans bases, you can level up your bases, you go on and level up your troops, and the play-to-earn aspect of Heroes of Mavia is that when you go into combat, when you battle other players, you have the opportunity to win Ruby and actually enhance your base with that Ruby and also earn money. So there is a certain aspect to this game where you have the opportunity to earn, and obviously that is going to be a huge draw for players, is that play-to-earn aspect. But Heroes of Mavia is doing it better than any other game in the industry right now. So one of the, and and another aspect to this is that they plan to match skill levels. So you're not going up against players that are going to absolutely roll you every single time you go up against them. So there's actually the opportunity to win and to profit. So with all of that in mind, I think that Heroes of Mavia really checks all of the boxes that other blockchain games don't. It's accessible. It has a lot of fun, easy ways for people to play, and it's very, it's, it's playable. That's the big thing, is that it's a playable game with a good combat system behind it that people can easily get into. And so, when we're talking about Mavia, I think one of the biggest things to discuss is the tokenomics, because something that breaks a lot of games is their tokenomic systems. So, Heroes of Mavia has two primary tokens. It has Mavia and Ruby. Mavia is the governance token of the Heroes of Mavia game. It's the currency that's used for buying and selling NFTs. It gives you staking rewards and staking NFT prize, and you cannot get it from in-game. This is the governance token, and they have separated... One of the brilliant things that the Scry Studios, the team behind Heroes of Mavia, has done is they have separated their governance token and their utility token. So Ruby is the in-game play-to-earn reward currency that allows players to upgrade their base, to upgrade their NFTs, and if they want, cash out. It's the reward token. It can be deposited and withdrawn for the game. And when Ruby is spent in-game, it is burnt automatically. I'll come back to that, but that is huge. So part of the reason that this tokenomic system is so effective is because the Heroes of Mavia team, Scry Studios, has split the governance and the utility token. What is really dangerous for a lot of crypto games is that they make their governance token and their utility reward token the exact same. So when players are playing the game, they're earning this token. And then when they want to cash out, like actually sell the rewards that they've made from playing these crypto games, it creates massive sell pressure for the governance token, especially when that governance token isn't stable. Say it can appreciate in value. Say that the Mavia token goes from $1 to $2. Well, suddenly players money is worth twice as much and they're all going to go to sell which creates massive sell pressure which pushes down the price of the heroes of mavia token because suddenly the market cap is going from 10 million to 5 million to 2 million and the token isn't worth nearly as much anymore so the big thing here 
is that by separating the reward token and the governance token, Scry Studios has prevented that sell pressure, and it, and they also intend to keep Ruby at a stable level. So there's never going to be that massive sell pressure that's going to push down the value of the governance token and maybe even destroy the game. So they've effectively created a tokenomic system that is self-sustainable because they, as they stated in a recent AMA, they intend to keep the the price of their reward token, Ruby, around a dollar. So it's pr pretty much going to be a stable coin. And by keeping that around a dollar, they're never going to have massive sell pressure and it's going to be a constant for players. It's going to be easy to calculate, easy to work with, everything. And by having Mavia as the governance token, that's the token that's going to appreciate in value, appreciate in market cap, and it's going to be the token that players can use to make decisions within the heroes of Mavia decentralized autonomous organization, the DAO. So, with all that in mind, let's move on to how the NFT system works inside of Mavia. Now, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard of NFTs, and the key thing here is that Mavia is taking an NFT and making it, giving utility by including it inside of a game. Essentially, the land that you build your base on, the heroes that operate inside of your base, and the statues that give your base benefits are all going to be NFTs that you can upgrade and change, and therefore they have inherent value because you can purchase them from other players to benefit your base or sell them to other players to cash out on all of the profit that you've been re raking in over time. So one of the utility functions of the Ruby token is that you can set, you can use Ruby to upgrade your heroes, to upgrade your statues, and to upgrade your bases and land. So... Scry Studios has attempt, essentially attempted to take Ruby and give it tons of use cases inside of the game so players have less incentive to sell and more incentive to reinvest inside of the game itself. So Ruby is used to upgrade your bases. Ruby is used to upgrade your heroes, to upgrade your statues. And Scrice intends for you to cash out on all of your rewards by selling your heroes, by selling your statues, by selling your land. Because all of the Ruby reinvested into those NFTs... The NFT is going to inherently be worth however much ruby you've reinvested into it. So by selling the NFT and cashing out, you're keeping all of the ruby inside of the ecosystem while also cashing out on your money in a more efficient way because then you don't have sell pressure on the ruby token either and it all remains inside of the game. So it's brilliant because they've created this, this tokenomic system where there are multiple use cases inside of the game. Upgrading heroes, statutes, you can also use it to buy potions, increase troop training times, upgrade your base, like your town hall. So they've created multiple use cases for Ruby, and when Ruby is used in-game, it's burned. So while Ruby is constantly being minted from attacks, it's also constantly being burned. And there are far more ways to spend Ruby, i.e. burn it, than there are to mint Ruby, i.e. get Ruby. So they're creating a somewhat constant supply of Ruby in the game while also keeping a constant price to the token, meaning that it's going to be a constant for players. And by creating a, a cash-out mechanism through the NFTs, they've created a reliable way for players to exit the game and get Mavia, which is their governance token, and therefore eventually make decisions about the game. So it's, it's a really well-thought-out and brilliant system that they've created because 
you now have transformed base building into wealth building. When you're spending time and investing time in your NFT base, imagine if you had if your Clash of Clans base had been earning you small bits of passive income every single year for the past what nine years since the game originally came out. That'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. So they're trying to transform this idea of base building into wealth building because you're reinvesting any and all profit that you're pulling from the game back into your base and eventually cashing out through the hero NFTs, the base NFTs, the statue NFTs. And the big thing is that they're trying to really focus on the gameplay here because while all of these are NFTs, they all have use cases in the game. Obviously, your base is where you're going to build your defenses, your walls, your... You know, your defense turrets, your heroes are going to be like, you know, heroes. They help your army. They have super abilities that allow you to attack bases and be more efficient with the way that you attack. Your statues are going to give your base boosts. Like some statues will boost your defensive health. Some statues will boost the rate at which your troops train. So they've given a use case to every single NFT and created, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Demand for these NFTs inside of the game itself, which is absolutely brilliant because most nft and blockchain gaming companies don't create any actual use case for their nfts and they don't create an easy way for players to cash out so the obviously the big thing with ruby is that the company doesn't want you to cash out with ruby they don't they want the utility token to stay inside of the game they want you to cash out through mavia the, the mavia token the actual governance token which is why they're trying to get you to sell your NFTs to cash out. There's actually a 15% like there's a 15% fee incurred when you sell solely rupee instead of cashing out through your Mavia tokens. You're going to be much better cashing out through your NFTs and your Mavia token than you are going to be selling your rupee. So, all in all, I think that's most of what I wanted to say in this quick little podcast here. Um, so. Oh, I did want I did want to quickly talk about the um, dev team behind uh, Heroes of Mavia because I think that's one of the most interesting things is that the dev team behind Heroes of Mavia is absolutely brilliant. It's an elite team. Scrite Studios was founded back in quarter two of twenty twenty one, and. While it's not a very old gaming company, every person at the company has been in the gaming industry, has been in the crypto industry for a very long time, and has had successful careers in said industry. Their CEO, his name is Yvonne Fayusi, he was an artist and a manager in the gaming industry for 10 years. He has a list of successful game releases. The chief technology offer officer, his name's Nahan Keo. He has a seven-year history of mobile game development. He's founded and worked for multiple companies. He's a highly recommended blockchain coder. Their chief operations officer, Nam Hai, has a 14-year career in game design. He was a lead programmer and manager at Gameloft, which is the company that made, oh God, I played it as a kid, um, Asheville Airborne, which was one of my favorite car racing games as a kid. So... The entire executive team is has had long careers in game design, in coding, in team management. And every, the, the company has explicitly stated that they only hired senior roles at Mavia. They didn't hire any junior programmers. They only hired people who'd been in the industry and worked in the industry before. So with 
all of these individuals at the head of the company and this elite team, Scrice has really put together a team with a vision and a team that can think deeply about where they want the, the game to go and act quickly on all of the things that they're trying to create. And so the other huge factor behind the dev team at Scrice is that they have some massive, massive investors. Binance Labs, which is the investment division of Binance, the third biggest cryptocurrency company in the world, Binance Lab has invested a couple million into Heroes of Mavia, Animoca Brands, which is the one of the biggest investors in the crypto gaming space in the world, has also put some money into Mavia, and they are known for consistently investing in high-performing projects. Yield Games Guild, which is a major crypto gaming firm, recently purchased a $330,000 allocation of land in the Mavian universe. So I think these three major investors and players in the cryptocurrency gaming field, along with I think 12 or 13 other major investment partners, really lead me to believe that there is, there are, not only is the team trustable and very, very well off, but there are other teams that believe in this team. And I think the emotions behind this game and the emotions behind a community are one of the most important pieces to any successful crypto project. So I think that this, this I don't know, everything about the Heroes of Mafia project, everything about Scrice Studios just seems to give off this feeling of dedication to the project, uh, skill in the field, and just a real desire to create something good for the community. So... I am really excited for this project. I tried to do the best that I could to articulate all of that in this podcast episode to kind of describe it to you, the listener, as best as I possibly could. Um, as of the time of recording, the whitelist for the Heroes of Mavium land mint is still open. And even if you can't get into that, join the Discord, see what's happening in the community. It's a really, really interesting project, and I would really push you to try and look into it, try and learn more about the space, about crypto, about all of this stuff. So I hope this was an, an informational episode. I hope that anyone listening likes this. And like I said, I don't know if this will be coming out on the TFF podcast, but it will be coming out on my personal podcast feed, which I'm going to be repurposing to a lot more passion projects like this. So if you hear more individual podcast episodes with just me kind of spitballing and talking about little things like this, then don't be surprised. I'm sure there's not many people left over listening. I don't know. My dad's probably listening to this. Dad, if you're listening, you probably didn't understand any of this. <laughs> I could explain it to you in person. So I hope everyone liked this episode. If you want to know about more about Heroes of Mavia, I'm going to link a bunch of stuff in the description so that you can go check them out on Twitter, on Discord, their personal website, a link to Scrite Studios so you can actually go and look at the gaming development studio. All in all, it's shaping up to be a really, really cool project, and I'm excited to do it, see what they do in the future. So thanks for taking a second to tune in, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and or night.